What a great day. Did they do a good job? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it. Well, in the old days, they did not say Happy Easter. I shared that with you last year, and I want to remind you we're going to do the same greetings. The greeting was not Happy Easter. When someone is visiting the other, the, another, a family, they will say, the Lord is risen. And the family that's been visited, they will answer, he's risen indeed. And that's the really, real greeting of Easter. Happy Easter is great. I like it. But it's better when we say the Lord is risen. And what? He's risen indeed. So happy Resurrection Day to all of you. And I thank God for each and every one. Wow. I thought we can stop here and rejoice. And that's our sermon. Joy, joy, joy. But we have about a few minutes to share a few things together. Uh, you know, Christ is risen, and we are all here to uh, celebrate this great uh, historical uh, happening. I want to read a few verses. I selected them. You don't need to open your Bibles for the sake of time. I am, Jesus said, the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. If Christ has not been raised, Paul writing to the Corinthians, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. And he adds, if we have only hope in Christ in this life, we are all, we are of all men, most to be pitied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What do we have? When Jesus rose from the dead. And you know, someone mentioned this morning that about, it was six seconds of the movie, The Passion of the Christ. The last, I believe it was about 12 seconds, what I heard, it doesn't matter, he rose from the dead. He walked away from the grave. Remember that, no one in the history of mankind walked away from his grave, except the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Paul writing to the Philippians, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. What are the benefits of his resurrection? This morning, we are going to look at few things that we can rejoice, especially Christians this morning, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean by those who have given their lives to the Lord Jesus, and they believe that he came to save them, and they know that they are saved, and if he comes now, they will go to be with him. 
I hope each and every one here, if we hear the trumpet sound, we stop all the celebrations and we will go and be with him forever and ever. Amen. What are the benefits? First of all, the most powerful truth in the history of this world is the Lord's resurrection. It has been established. It's in the Bible. It's in the book. And no one can argue, argue that. Resurrection is the foundation of our Christian faith. It has a liberating power in the minds and hearts and experience of his blood-bought people. He arose victorious to live forever. In Romans 6, 9, we read, Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies, what? No more. Dies no more. Death has no longer dominion over him. In his resurrection, we have three things that Christians experience. And if you are a Christian, you will say amen to that. First of all, he has given us victory over self. Do you know that? Victory over this old self, this old nature, that nature that was taking us down to hell. And Jesus came and died for us. And when we accepted him, he gave us victory over this old nature. Another victory he gave us also over sin. Sin cannot rule us anymore. By his death on the on Calvary's cross, and by his resurrection, he gave us victory over sin and anything that takes us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. And thirdly, he gave us also victory over death. That's a great thing. He gave us victory over death. People fear death. When they mention the word of death, he says, God forbid, God forbid. But you know what? It's going to happen. Unless the Lord comes and takes his people to be with him, one day we have an appointment with death and we have to meet our creator after that. There is no escape from death. But Jesus Christ, by his resurrection, gave us victory over death. Because I live, what did he say? You shall live also. That's it. That's a fact. Who said it? It's no philosopher who said it. It's no uh, other book who said it. It's Jesus Christ who said that. The power of Satan over us has been broken and we have been set free. Rejoice, Christian. You have been set free. Hallelujah. What a Savior. For it is written in John 8 and verse 36. If therefore the Son shall make you free, you shall be free. What? Indeed. And there's no two ways about it. Resurrection, finally, is victory. Victory that brings joy that we cannot express. The choir sang, joy, joy, joy. What a beautiful song. By the way, the four songs are fantastic songs. This is your best you have done today. Congratulations. Joy, joy that we cannot express. Resurrection becomes the central fact of life for us. Fear is conquered. As someone said, fear closes the doors of life. The resurrected Christ gives us the courage to open them. He is truly a living Savior and Lord of the living. As a young man, D.L. Moody, you know, you heard about D.L. Moody? 
was called upon suddenly to preach a funeral sermon. He hunted all through the four Gospels, trying to find one of Christ's funeral sermons, but searched in vain. He found that Christ broke up every funeral he's ever attended. Death could not exist where he was. I have news for you. Where Jesus is, death runs away. When the dead heard his voice, what happened? They sprang to life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He met three dead people in his life. At least what's written in the gospel. He met Lazarus outside the tomb. And he called out Lazarus and said, Lazarus, Lazarus what? Come out. And someone said, if he did not say the name Lazarus come out, all the dead would have come out at that day. (laughs) Death could not stand and challenge the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is life himself and the giver of life. When he saw that young man being carried within a coffin, the only child for his mother in a little town of Nain, he stopped the, the, process, the funeral process. Stop. Where are you taking the young man? says, we're taking him. We are going to bury him soon. He said, young man, rise. And he gave him to his mother. There is no death where Jesus is. And remember, in his resurrection, he freed you from death. Christian, rejoice this morning. Death has no more dominion over you. In fact, in fact, in the Bible it says, death has become your slave. And you know what death is? When the Lord calls you to go home. And I hope he calls us in the trumpet. Not in death. Through death, death becomes the slave to come and take you by the hand. He says, my master is telling me to take you to the other shore. And that's all that he can do. He takes you and says, okay, this is master to the other shore where you will enter there and live forever and ever eternally with Jesus Christ. That's what death is to you, dear Christian. Oh, yes. He he left that tomb that day on Sunday Easter morning and never looked back. Did he? Never went back to the tomb. His abode is not in an old tomb or cold church building. No, he lives in the hearts of those who believed in him and crowned him Lord of their lives. One person was asked, how do you know he lives? How do you know he lives? Well, this is the answer. How do I know that Christ has risen? What proofs have I to give? He touched my life one blessed day, and I began to live. Ask any Christian who's experienced life before, living for self, living for sin, living for the world, living tossed, living in doubt, living in perplexity, living in sadness. Ask this Christian, 
when he met the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, who is seated at the right hand of glory, and when he gave or she gave his or her heart to him, and said, Lord, take my life, take my destiny, I give you my life, take me and change my life. Ask this person, before you leave today, are you living? He will tell you, I'm not only living, I am flying. I tell you one thing, before I got saved, I was a very, a very depressed person. But when God saved me, what do you say? I'm the most positive person that you ever probably met. I am. I am positive. <laughs> you know who made me positive? The Lord Jesus Christ. I give him all the glory. From total depression and sadness. Looking at people, looking at the world. With sadness, having no hope and no, nothing in life that I can look for to please me and make my, my face smile. Not at all. When I met Jesus Christ, next morning, I was totally a different man. This is the, the risen Savior. He's changed my life completely. And I am positive. Yes. Amen. And you know what? I'm positive that the Lord is coming soon to take us to be with Him. He lives, we sang. He lives. Salvation, what? To impart. You ask me how I know he lives where? He lives where? Within my heart. That's the risen Savior. Also, because he's risen, we have no tomb to visit. Do you know that? Well, there's a tomb in Jerusalem, and I went there, but it's an empty tomb. In one of the villages of northern India, listen to this. A missionary was preaching in a bazaar. And as he closed his sermon, a Muslim gentleman came up and said, You must admit, you have one thing <coughs> that we have one thing you have not. And it is better than anything you have. Well, the missionary smiled and said, I should be pleased to hear what it is. The Muslim said, you know, when we go to Mecca, we at least find a coffin. But when you Christians go to Jerusalem, which is your Mecca, you find nothing but an empty grave. And he thought he was just giving him the saddest news in the world. <laughs> but the missionary just smiled and said, that is just the difference. Muhammad is dead. Muhammad is in the coffin, and false systems, and prophets, and religions, and philosophies are all in their coffins. But Jesus Christ, whose kingdom is to include all nations, kindreds, tribes, is not here. He is risen. And all power in heaven and on earth is given unto him. That is our hope. A living Christ. He is not dead. But he is alive forever. Isn't it true? What the angels then declared on that eastern morning. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? Case closed. If you seek Jesus, listen to this. Do not go to his grave. You will not find him there. Is it not quite striking 
that after the disciples were convinced that he had risen, they never again visited his tomb, or at least there is no record of it. They never went back there. No one went back to the tomb. Why? Why should they? It was only an incident, a temporary halting place. Uh, I call it a short stopover, just to take your sins and mine and bury them. And it took him about three days. There were so many, <laughs> plenty. Took him about three days. He said, well, bury them there. And after that, he rose and closed that thing. And he said, I'm not, I have nothing to go back to. I am going back to the lives of my believers. They did not make pilgrimages to it. Like people today. You know, the Buddhists go to Thailand to visit the grave of Buddha. And the Muslims go to Mecca to visit the grave of Muhammad. And all these people go, all the different Confucius today. They go to China and visit the grave of of Confucius and all others and many other religious, so-called religious people visit graves and graves and graves. Guess what? We don't have to visit any graves. We have Jesus in our hearts. He is here. So you don't have to go to Jerusalem. Save yourself for $10,000 and stay here. Jesus is here. After all, you're going to go see a little garden and uh, an empty tomb. And hallelujah for that. But Jesus is here. He's in your heart. Rejoice, rejoice, dear Christian. Rejoice. They did not, these disciples, esteem it above any other place, that tomb. They did not bury it beneath token of affection at all. They did not break the, the stone into pieces and started selling it. Okay, so you take a piece of the stone. Like today, they've been selling the pieces of the cross since Jesus died. Since 2,000, over 2,000 years ago. Do you know that? And you come back from Jerusalem and say, I bought a piece of the cross. You know, if that cross was uh, as big as California, it would have been exhausted. (laughs) They're still, still selling pieces of the cross. As if that piece is going to do you anything. No. That piece of the cross is not going to... It's commercially, they're making money. But the one who was hanged on the cross is going to do you something. He's going to save your life and change it. And there is, when we mention the resurrection, I mean, you cannot but think of his death. Of that death on the cross of Calvary. He went there for you and me. And there he gave us the ghost. He completed the work. And he said, it is finished. And he went and buried your sin and rose victorious forevermore. After that first Sunday evening, the disciples were done with the tomb. Period. I think Peter said, I'm done. I'm not going there anymore. Why should they give their time to visit places and to visit temples when they had the living Savior with them? In Acts chapter 17 and verse 24, Paul writing, he said, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by hands. You are not going to find him there. And if you love to go to Jerusalem, go there and visit it. And if you go to his tomb, don't look 
and don't search, you are not going to find him. Jesus is risen, and he's seated at the right hand of glory. Another, another uh, benefit we have from his resurrection, we have uh, an advocate. Did you ever think we have an advocate now? And let, let's, let's look at that for a second. Only a, a little second about this advocate. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. It's one verse. I'll read it to you. My little children, I am writing you these things that you may not sin. And if any, if anyone sins, we have what? An advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You know, people ask me sometimes, Adel, do you know of a good lawyer? I said, I have never employed a lawyer in my, in my life. And some people cannot live with a lawyer because they have business and they need to have a lawyer. Do you have a, a lawyer who can win a case? And I know some people, some of our church members are having, have lawyers because of the situations that they are in. But you know what? We have a lawyer that you don't have to hire. The Lord Jesus Christ. Because he rose from the death. He is seated at the right hand of glory, glory. He is a lawyer for you there. He is what the Bible says, an advocate. You've got a lawyer. And guess what? You don't have to pay him uh, $250 per hour. When we had the flood, we went to a lawyer to see what we can do because we paid lots of money, whether we can recoup some money. And uh, before anything, that said, I charge $250 an hour. The Lord Jesus Christ charges zero dollars an hour. And he's seated at the right hand of glory. And when Satan comes in and he accuses you to the Father, he says, well, Adel did a sin today. And the Lord says, I will take care of that. May I charge it to my account. I can defend it. And you know what? Many lawyers take cases and they lose our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen one. He has never lost any case in his life. Why don't you trust him this morning? All prophets are dead. I understand and I heard yesterday. And this is a great victory for Christianity. You know that to Muslims, Muslims uh, countries in the world, you cannot get a Bible except for few there. I heard yesterday that in, the, in, the, um, in Qatar, which is a Muslim country, the passion of the Christ is playing to full houses. And all Muslims are seeing it. Can you imagine those people to say in their Quran, they say, he was not crucified, but it was someone else. And that let alone that, when the last 12 seconds they see the Lord Jesus Christ coming out of the tomb victorious, a risen Savior in a Muslim country. Amen. Christianity is not dead, folks. Let's keep up the good work. We have benefits as a result of the risen Savior, our Savior. And finally, 
And finally, I'm, I'm trying. We have a soon coming Savior. As a result of his resurrection. He said, well, the work is finished here. I go, what? To prepare a place for you. He says, the work is done. I have redeemed you. I am risen. You're not going to see death the way unsafe people see it. You are going to be with me. But let me first do a few things for you. Prepare some mansions. Okay? If you're living in a two-bedroom, get ready to get more space. Okay? Get ready to rejoice and enjoy the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not sure about your salvation, let me beg of you this morning. Take Jesus Christ with you today. Before you leave these through these doors, say, Lord Jesus, I want to be yours. I want you to save me. I want to give you my life because I would like to see you soon coming to take me. He is there preparing that place for you and he's been preparing that, those mansions for over 2,000 years now to welcome you to the most beautiful country in the world. Our country is not here. Though I am proud to be an American. And those who are not proud, leave the country quickly. Take the first plane out of here. And I am serious about that. Those who do not appreciate and love the United States of America, leave these doors as soon as you leave. Take a plane and get out of here. I beg you. Otherwise, love it and live for it and defend it. God has given. But with all the love I have for this country, with all the beauty that we have, we have a better place being prepared in, by the hands of our Savior. You, ha- you don't have to change roofs there. You don't have to uh, remodel there. Some people are remodeling, and you know what it is. Uh, how You don't have to do anything. You enter into a mansion Made by his hands, and it will not rot, it will not change colors, it will not leak, nothing happens to it. It's done by him forever and ever. Prepare yourself for that. These are the benefits of our Lord's resurrection. May God help us to appreciate what he's done for us. There is no resurrection before death. He had to die first to go to the grave. And why did he have to die? Because of your sins and mine. He wanted to save us. We needed salvation. We needed for someone to say, I will take your load, I will take your guilt. You need forgiveness. How many times you went to the priest and asked for forgiveness. And you went to church and prayed for forgiveness. And you never got it. How many times you promised God and says, Lord, I will not do it again. I will not repeat the sin again. I, taste, I hate it. I detest it. And then when comes Friday, you go and repeat that same sin again. Whatever it is between you and God. And this is why he came. This is why he went to the cross. This is why he died. And this is why he said, it is finished for your sin and mine. It will be a shame not to take him as your personal savior this morning. And then he went to the grave. But there, he buried your sins and mine. And rose victorious on the third day to give us eternal life and happiness forever. Would you take him as your savior? And then, 
When you take him as your savior, you will have a happy Easter. Let's bow our heads for prayers. I hope the Lord spoke to your heart. I hope you know why he came. Why he died on the cross. Why he went to the grave. And why he rose and he's seated at the right hand of glory. I pray that no one will leave this place. No one, not a soul, will leave this place before you make your peace with the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for you. He paid the price, so you won't pay it. Our Father, we pray this morning for each and every person who is in attendance here. We thank you for those who came to listen to your voice, not mine. To your call, not mine. You're calling them to make peace with you. To make peace with your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came all the way from heaven to the cross of Calvary, to die there and to die for our sins, and went to the grave and rose victorious, and he is seated at the right hand of glory, there as our advocate, our lawyer, to defend us and to give us all the support we need as we travel this journey. We pray that no one will leave this place before taking you as his or her Savior, And for those who know you as their Savior, we look forward to that day when we shall be united with you forever and ever. Oh, hasten the day when the dream shall become true, when our prayers will be answered, when we hear the trumpet sounds, and you shall come to take us to be with you. Until then, help us to live a life worthy of the calling. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Have a happy Easter. God bless you.